welcome to the Badger Politics. I'm Scott Stearns. My name is Paul Sickle. Welcome. Hey, welcome back. Welcome. Yeah, welcome back, Scott. I think that you should go on vacation more often, though, because <laughs> um, we've been between the last podcast and this, we we were able to stop the um, monstrosity of a healthcare bill, at least for now. Yeah, so I guess when uh, tax reform comes up, I will uh, I'll have to find somewhere yep, to go. I you got to bail. I do. <laughs> I am going to Vegas in October, so maybe it'll coincide. There you go. There you go. Well, you should you should uh, just spend all of your anticipated tax refunds. It'll be really ruinous for you, but it'll be great for, <laughs> for the country. As a the whole. country, right? <laughs> awesome. Right. Uh, assuming you you're betting and you being a big winner in the Trump uh, uh, Trump tax. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what the details uh, look like. But before uh, before we get there, obviously, yeah, the the health care bill. Uh, went down to defeat in the Senate. They they pulled out all the stops and they 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 passed uh, or they they had votes on multiple amendments uh, to to, uh, to to get something done. They had the um, the version mm-hmm. essentially that uh, the Senate had come up with that failed, um, and then they had the uh, the skinny repeal, mm-hmm. which was basically just a shell of a bill. It was just all it was going to do was re- was repeal the individual mandate and uh, a couple of the taxes. And, and the last time we did this, we knew that yeah. it was going to come to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we did we gamed it out, and we we saw that pretty clearly. And we were saying, you know, keep the pressure up. Yep. So that was the one thing we said that was right. Yeah. Well, the pressure stayed up, and somehow John McCain, who really wasn't even the target, decided to issue a thumbs down. Yeah, it was uh, our, our friend Dean Heller uh, did not come through, um, and there was uh, there were some others that were on the fence that didn't step up. So it really was. John McCain, he saved uh, he saved the party. He took one for the, for the team, I guess. I think there's probably some other senators that uh, would have maybe had, if they had you know a How few, few more ounces of courage. Party? Well, because I think it's 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 bad it's it's bad strategy. If they were to pass this thing, I don't think it would bode well for their electoral chances. Once right. some of their own voters would be you know cut off of Medicaid or. Or they would lose, mm. uh, they would lose their coverage because they could no longer be on their parents' plan, you know, what have you. Yeah, but what about then you could at least make people less dependent on the government program and then not see government in the long run, government as a good. <laughs> right. That was, I mean, th- that's the whole strategy yeah. behind, or the whole rationale behind the strategy, which is that you have, uh, on the right, is that you have to stop a large expansion of, of, uh, you know, government provision, mm-hmm. uh, redistribution, so to speak, which which Obamacare really does do is it is a redistributive thing. Um, sure, which I don't think a lot of progressives really ever understood until just now. Well, I mean, in this debate, insurance is a as has a concept as a redistributive thing because we all pay into a pool, and then whoever gets sick gets to pull money out of the pool. Or, right, but know. the biggest thing was under Obamacare, the healthy and the wealthy paid more yes and um those who were less healthy or wealthy received more were able to receive more mm-hmm. um in truth that probably stabilized markets because you had guaranteed sources of funding which is what this whole thing was about to do away with yeah was the guaranteed sources of funding which would have made the markets probably go pretty haywire yeah, and that and that's you know we're still not out of the woods on that. Obviously, all the all the talk about uh, you know, letting Obamacare implode, and I mean that, that's still a thing that's out there. Now, I think there's there's some Republicans, uh, but that's not letting it implode. It's actually undermining 
Oh yeah, the laws. Oh, absolutely. If, if you actually just follow the law as it's intended to be, right? Uh, you know, I think that you the markets stay relatively stable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just that they're they're monkeying with the concept that you know, oh, maybe we won't do the funding that we need to. We're not going to. I mean, it's going to be interesting come open enrollment time how the Donald Trump Health and Human Services Department handles that. Well, uh, all indications are they're going to push uh, push away from promoting. Yeah. Well, yeah. They've already they've already canceled uh, or they canceled advertising last time around, right. and uh, I, I would expect they'll do next to nothing next go around. They'll they'll so have the uptake to, rate will go down. Yeah, and then they'll say, "Oh, see, you know, enthusiasm down. Nobody wants this right. this horrible healthcare." And the number of insureds then will drop simply mm-hmm. because people are making bad consumer choices right. because they're not being educated. The question yeah. here is, you know, so we, there's a lot of foundations and progressive groups that funded, um, you know, a lot of the, um, I don't want to say they funded most of the resistance because most of the resistance was really kind of spontaneous, but they yeah. helped seed it. Sure. They helped, you know, back it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were going to try to promote, they had resources, they were going to try to promote fixes and improvements had Hillary won, or yeah. at least keep it, you know, a steady level, mm-hmm. and then instead it went into defense. But it, it suddenly made a lot of more people appreciate the law for what it is. So now that the law is more appreciation, the ACA that is, yeah. the question is, will these foundations um, in a, you know, like a Kaiser Family Foundation, Families mm-hmm. USA, that's actually a group that receives, it's a, I believe, a delegate agency of, of these grantees. Yeah. Will they fund education on their own? Um, perhaps. I mean, we'll have to see I mean, what happens, but if you fund consumer education about the law, whether or not the government's providing that funding, I mean, that might be a worthwhile thing. Yeah. Just like there's, you know, a lot of times in states like Wisconsin, they don't, you know, encourage you to like know that you can get food stamps. So yeah. sometimes private foundations get involved in funding information campaigns about where there's food stamp. You know, how people can be eligible for food stamps. Maybe yeah. this is something labor ought to be participating in. Not that labor has that many resources, but mm-hmm. which they really don't. And, and if uh, the GOP has any control over it, they will have none pretty soon. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, there's. So yeah, there's there's definitely there could be an answer to the to the lack of promotion they may do down the road here. I mean, the, the I guess the the bigger concern is um, shortening the enrollment the, the enrollment period, which they can do. Um, mm-hmm. They can they can shorten it down down to you know thirty days. I don't know. I don't I have to check check the statutes to I, see how restrictive they. Can I would be. like to see the disease groups. You know, and these are groups that are funded by things like the, these, you know, marathons or 5Ks. Yeah, yeah. You know, on breast cancer, heart disease, mm-hmm. you name it. Um, I'd like to see them actually put a little skin in the game. Yeah. And actively promoting the open enrollment period. Sure. And get more people on it. Make sure that people stay on it. Yeah. And know they can. Well, they have the list. They've got, they, you know, they, they are actively, uh, they, they have a number of people that they can reach out to. Well, they also raise lots of money in their yeah. 5Ks and their, uh, things like that. And they could simply put some of that into a marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. And this might be a time to even do some deficit spending 
a little bit. Maybe you didn't raise that much at your leukemia walk this year. Yeah. But it's time to, or the ALS, the ice bucket challenge yeah. and all that. It's time to put some of that money into uh, an information campaign so that right now when when the goal is to get people out of the markets mm-hmm. so as to destabilize it from the Trump perspective, yeah. to have a reverse campaign seizing on the momentum that actually the healthcare law has now in the popular imagination yeah. and making sure that as many people who are eligible actually do sign up for on healthcare.gov for 2018. Well, I think any organization... That would make it much harder to repeal it in the future. Yes. And any organization, I think, that actively came out against uh, with the effort that they were trying to uh, put forth, I think they they really, I think, should step up and, and, and you know, as you said, yeah. put their skin in the game, whether it be... You know the AMA, you know American Medical Medical Association, the Hospital Association, like all those. Because waiting folks. for right, waiting for the next time John McCain shows up with a thumbs down, yeah, is, is probably not a good bet. No, especially you know considering his conditions. Yes, yes, you know, oh. you know it's, it's it's looking pretty serious. You know he's uh, he's undergoing treatment now, and it's a very aggressive form of cancer. We don't really know what the end game is. Well, uh, and, and, and I you know I, I don't think we need to lionize McCain any more here than is our already been done we all know what happened yeah that mccain had a moment of courage or conscience yeah. um apparently a lot of the republicans other republicans did want to vote no but they didn't have the guts to do so and lindsey graham uh ron johnson he may be those guys weren't lobbying him too hard i noticed yeah. on the floor so he might have been one just told them, look, guys, all right, fine. If you got to vote for this shithole, right. I, I won't. Yeah. And um, that'll be 51. Yeah, and that'll be enough. Then nobody else has to put their stick their neck out. And give plenty of credit to Murkowski and Collins. Absolutely. We were always credited. Absolutely. You know, and they, I, they, they were there the whole time exactly. uh, from, the, from the get-go saying... These, this is our line in the sand. If it, you know, if you're if you're not going to do anything about the Medicaid funding, if the Planned Parenthood funding thing isn't going to change, mm-hmm. then that's you know, it's not going to work for us. And Murkowski kept saying, apparently, you know, in back channels, that she was getting a lot of pressure from the right. Oh yeah, and late in the game, and that the resistance people had had really not kept their message as high pitched as pot as needed to be, um, you know, for most of the summer. And, it, and, it, and obviously, from a state like Alaska, it's it's definitely more politically risky for for someone like her than it would be for Susan Collins. And Maine is, you know, generally a blue state, although you know it did elect Governor LePage, and so right. Well, Alaska is one of those weird red states. It's not like as nearly. It's it, it's just not as deeply red, though. It's, it's, it, not it's the broadly so- red, but not deeply it's red. It's not maybe? the socially conservative state like you find. You know. Uh, right, and the rest. Of the it's country. got a little bit of the Pacific Northwest going, like ethic up there. It's, it's kind of a libertarian, kind of Western. Right, feel. it's kind of like Wyoming uh, plus Oregon, and then split it, split the difference, <laughs> and then you're, um, you know, it's not exactly the most ideologically. Um, easily placed state. No, um, no, it's definitely unique, both in terms of geography and political culture. So, so, so speaking of waiting on, you know. McCain or whoever for the next thumbs down. We have yeah. these uh, elections coming up. Yeah, one of the, one of the things that could happen um, if you look at the map is even with a good year for the Democrats or a natural kind of bounce back against uh, opposing parties, uh, you know, 
the president's opposing party. Yeah. Um, a natural sort of bounce back, which we've seen on almost every midterm cycle, um, uh, really going back into the Reagan era at least. Um, actually, I think it goes back to the sixties. Um, but let's assume that happens. There's still a really good chance that the Republicans will actually still gain seats. Yeah. Well, it's, it, they have a lot more, Democrats have a lot more seats to defend. So and this is the, in the U S Senate. Yeah. The Senate, the Senate map is really bad, uh, next year. So the Democrats right now have 48 seats. Next year, in 2018, they have to defend 25 of those seats. Republicans have to defend just 8 of out of their 52. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just, there's there's a number of those states that are states that went for Trump. Right, and some quite heavily. Yeah. Um, I mean, the argument, so if you read 538... Uh, dot com, which we often talk about. I know it's a little lazy of us not to do our own research and rely no. on, but it is a really well sourced website. Why reinvent the wheel? And and frankly, even though they said Hillary had a sixty eight percent chance of winning last fall, they well, she were, did win the popular vote. So. Right, they were one of the few groups to actually say that Trump had better than a five percent chance of winning. So let's let's remember that. Yeah, um, they're saying I read somewhere there that they thought. The Democrats could have a typical um, midterm election bounce and still lose about five Senate seats. Yeah. And so that means the Democrats would go from 48, that's including the two independents, down to 43. Yeah. Which would then mean the Republicans would almost certainly have the votes to pass some major repeal. Yeah, and so that that needs to be a, a big campaign plank, I think, next year. If they're going to have uh, any kind of national message, it's if you were worried about health care with a four-seat margin in the Senate, uh, then think what it would be like if it's, uh, you know, I mean, 57 only, to 43. The only way it works out is if, uh, you know, Indiana, which is probably one of the first to go, uh, North Dakota, suddenly just elect a bunch of Susan Collins and, and Lisa Murkowski's. My yeah. guess is that it won't happen. Right. Um, now, Heller did make himself vulnerable, so that could actually reverse one of the seats mm-hmm. in Nevada. But I still think the Republicans would, I mean, that would still leave them with at least a four-seat gain. Jeff Flake uh, is one to watch, I think. He's he's mm-hmm. His approval rating right now is like 18%. So it, he's one to watch. Okay. They they need to find, I don't, I don't it's know. It's still a pretty red state, though. It is, it is, but I don't. I mean, it's one of those states. I think that that could trend. In fairness, you got to keep an eye on uh, Tammy Baldwin, you and do. Debbie you Stabenow, to, yes, from Michigan, uh, well, Bob Casey from Pennsylvania. Can't, um, you can't take those states for granted, as we right. learned. As, as we learned, I just this last the big three that yeah, went: Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. Right. None of them are in the bag. No, and, no. Um, nothing's, I mean, nothing's in the bag. The trend would suggest that you'd have enough of a rebound in those three states to probably bring the Senate seats back. But would you get all three? Uh, Maybe you get two out of three. I don't know. You know, you got to keep all three and then some. Well, if if they can't defend those seats, then they will have a really long night. Well, what if they could defend two out of three? What if, say, Casey and Stabenow win, but Baldwin loses? But if you can't if you can't defend Tammy Baldwin, then what are your chances of? I mean, of they're holding? going after her. Of course, they, of course they will. But this like, is not a joke. But you can't. You, I don't think you can depend on winning West Virginia. 
Well, I'm not saying you're going to... Right. I guess I, I'm not saying they're going to win a majority. The Democrats have, have a chance at a majority. I'm saying that well, the question is how, how many seats can they keep the losses? I'm to? saying I, I think you have to... I, I think you have to run the table on those three if you're going to have a, at least a decent night in the Senate, which I guess... A, What's a, a decent night for you? Uh, I guess we'd have to we have to dive into each individual state, but I, I mean I don't think you can plan on holding all of them. You're going to lose at least a few. I'm going to put my over under at about 44. I'm going to say 45 plus is a good night. I I think if they did everything right, they should get 46 or 47 at least. Yeah, um, I that's doubt, a good I that's a that's a good night. I don't think that they gain. Um, Short of a really strong wave, there's no way to really gain seats uh, for the Democrats right now. Well, um, uh, yeah, I mean, unless they picked up... By a, by a net gain, that is. I mean, they might up, win uh, one from Heller, but they're going to lose... Like, you got correct. Indiana, North Dakota, Montana, Wisconsin. I mean, mm-hmm. all these Trump states yeah. that, that went... Um, so I, I think that that's one of the issues. Like you said, I think those three are probably protectable. Yeah. Um, but I think that also then the governor races because people, and that brings us right back here in Wisconsin, that it's not just about protecting Baldwin. It's no. about trying to get rid of Walker. Yep. And if you don't have a robust campaign to get rid of Walker and Walker stomps through this thing, then that hurts Baldwin. It does because it's going to, it's going to drive Democratic turnout down. Yeah. If we don't have a yeah, if we don't have a competitive campaign, people very much now they don't ticket split. They used to ticket split. It looks like in Wisconsin. I'm just looking at a chart that I drew up. I mean, there was a lot more ticket splitting even back into about 2002, 2006. Yeah, I mean, it's over. No, I mean, going back to the going back to the 90s. I mean, you used to have people that would you know they'd vote for Tommy Thompson for governor, and then they'd vote for Jim Doyle for attorney general. Maybe they'd vote for Feingold or Herb Cole. Right. You know, it's that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that era. Is largely over. I mean, there's a there's it is there's a there's a fraction of uh, of voters that that vote in that way. They vote based on personality, or you know, somebody appears more independent than, than the rest. So of the I pack. think this, yeah, I think the governor's race is going to be really important. I'm not sure he'll get rid of Walker, although I do think that there's no way to run except to try to go all out and yeah. try to beat him. I don't think we want another Mary Burke or Tom Barrett or a. We've got some really exciting people though now running. We like Dana Walks. Dana Walks. Uh, he looks like a good, good old forty-six percenter. Yeah, I think he's Tom Barrett North. Why, uh, <laughs> my goodness! And yeah. then Captain Excitement himself, Tony Evers, is in it as well. Yeah, and we got a good Madison liberal, Calder Roy's. Yeah, now saying she's going to run, and okay. we got Kathleen Vinehout, who right. got four percent last time she ran for governor oh, primary. Only, only one way to go, and that's well, up, right? We got, yeah, we got. Um, I don't know about any of these guys, Scott. I don't, I'm not sure any of these put they. they I'm not sure they make the C list. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, Kathy Griffin. I know we can't talk about Kathy Griffin these days. She's kind of <laughs> verboten, right? But, but we got the the you know Walker was the A list, and Feingold used to be the A list, but now he's been demoted to the B list. I yeah. think on a good day. Um, I guess Herb Cole is too old though, so he's off the off the list. Yeah, um, I don't think that's happened. You know, Tom Barrett is. 
He's not a, even a he's, B-lister. He, he, well, he's well, not running again. I, but he would be the close. I mean, there you go. Jim Doyle, you were saying. I mean, but a Dana Walks is just, I, I, I mean, I started watching this thing. I started snoozing about a quarter of the way through his his introduction video. I did watch. Um, I did watch a little bit of it, and I, I, I did not. I mean, this anything. is our guy, really. Like I'm just dumbfounded. Well, that's early. I mean, we got to give some of these folks a chance to, uh, to obviously put themselves out there to try and, to make the C list. Maybe. Yeah, he looks. He. I mean, I could see him. I guess he's he's fluent in English. So that's good. <laughs> well, um, that's not really a qualifi- necessarily a qualification anymore. Yeah, right, right, but it's like maybe cases, gives him an advantage. In some then. cases, the more slang you use these days, it might make you more competitive. I mean, he struck, you know, he's spoken in, in pleasant enough terms about making a better state. But yeah. It, it sounds like every time we run against Walker, we get 46%. Yeah. He sounds like he'd be fortunate to get 46%. Vinehout <laughs> um, probably be fortunate to get about forty four percent. I mean, I don't know. Actually, Vinehout might have more than he does. Honestly, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, of the announced candidates, I, I would say just the insiders really like Walks. They don't like Vinehout. Why? Why is that? Well, Vinehout has a history of not being terribly impressive in building organization. Okay, and she really was underwhelming in that. Democratic primary for the recall. Right. But she seems to inspire a certain level of resistance people, like kind of some of the indivisible people. But mm-hmm. I think it's she's really kind of a nerd's nerd. Like, she's not like a Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Um, you know, and Wax isn't either, as right. far as I'm concerned. And, you know, like I was saying about Wax, like, it's sort of like, we know Tony Evers. <laughs> Tony Evers is a. Very uh, interesting man, and and Dana Walks, you're no Tony, you're no Captain Excitement right. like Tony Evers, and that that's really says it all. But well, Tony at least has won a statewide yeah, election, right. at least Evers which is more than you can say for some of these other folks. Yeah, so I, I mean, I think we got to keep looking for for new champions. Yeah, so. well, there's, there, I mean, there's still time. I don't think we, I don't think the field is set by any means. Uh, I, I mean, I the time's running low. Well, um, if you're gonna, yeah, if, if you're going to uh, get resources and start hiring, uh, you know, the right people that are going to build a solid campaign for you, yeah, mm-hmm. now is the, now's the time mm-hmm. to get in. And so, which brings us right back here to Southeast Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, Randy Bryce. Randy Bryce. That that guy should have run for governor. Yeah, you think he chose the wrong uh, the wrong race? Yeah. Okay. I mean, because I think he's going to run a hell of a campaign. Um, but I still think it'd be really hard to knock off Ryan. Just given the, the DPI, you know, or the PVI of the district is, um, is, is still more conservative than the state as a whole, only yeah. by a couple points, but in close elections, that really matters. And so I think that Bryce would be imminently electable statewide against, um, a Walker. Yeah. Um, and yes, the contrast against Ryan is perfect. And he's all, the cat's out, you know, train's already left the station. Mm-hmm. There's no going back now. But I really wish Bryce was running for governor. That's, well, that we need something along those lines. Yeah, I, I, I think if he can be at least competitive, if he doesn't, if he isn't able to win the seat, if he can make it a, a competitive election for the first time in many years for that district, 
then I think you know he's he's got uh, you know he's got a future ahead of him. Maybe and that'll can, help maybe, with maybe Baldwin. Can, maybe run for governor in twenty twenty. Well, that's true. That's true. There you go. <laughs> that will help with Baldwin, and it will help with the governor's race too, yeah. because that's where some of the worst drop off from. Obama to Clinton was was mm-hmm. in that southeast Wisconsin district. Well, and that's that's Ryan's district, which is what right. uh, you know supposedly uh, where the Foxconn plant is going to be right. uh, be built in. Uh, there you Southern, go, Southern three Racine billion County. dollars. Yeah, how about that? That's a lot of money. How, and, much, how much money per job is that? Yeah, well, using their highest estimate of thirteen thousand jobs, right? It comes out to the last I heard was about two hundred fifty thousand a job. Um, if hmm. we were to subsidize, you know, at $250,000 a job, that was how we built our, our job creation strategy. The state would go broke before we'd get, uh, past 50, lower than 50% unemployment. I mean, I mean, it really would be that bad. So $3 billion is what they're looking for mm-hmm. to, to, to get this deal done. I mean, that's, that's, it's just ridiculous. 230796 dollars and 23 cents per job is what they're talking about subsidizing now that is a hell of a lot higher rate per job than say the bucks arena is yeah and the bucks arena has uh provisions that the jobs have to be good paying jobs that you have to have local hires you can build like you can build like 12 bucks arenas i think for what the the money that yeah they're looking for right i mean and they're saying oh it's gonna be 10 times the size of the level field well that's great but where's this three billion dollars coming from uh, I guess just magic money. I mean, the, wow. Yeah. So just, you know, in comparison, um, if, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, every year, uh, the state gives about $1 billion to the entire UW system. Yeah. Um, and let's be fair. Let's take the $3 billion over a 15 year period. Cause mm-hmm. that's what they're talking that's two hundred million dollars a year. Yeah. So they're talking about that's almost a new Miller Park every year. The, the, the price tag right. on that was two every single year. Yeah. Right. So two hundred million dollars though is one fifth of what the state gives to the UW system. The UW system educates about two hundred fifty thousand students a year. Those people get job skills. Those people contribute to the economy. It hires Start businesses. Teachers. Yes. The basically. Um, the metric I heard was that three billion dollars put into education w- could immediately hire eighty six thousand educators. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that's. But here we're going to give it to one company. Yeah. from Southeast Asia, from China. Yeah, how much how much bad shit did we hear about China in the last election? I mean, this company has. Uh, suicide nets built they outside. Do. I mean, my biggest fear is this, is we do this, let's say we go ahead and do this. Let's say they even go to their fullest potential. Mm-hmm. Two things I think happen. One is your Amazons around there, the people who are already have invested without getting $3 billion in yeah. subsidies, right. start saying, okay, well, we're not going to build in this area because all the land's getting bought up. It's too expensive. Yeah. And all the, the workers in this particular region are being taken up. Um, probably. So that's kind of a good thing, except, uh, except they're not going to actually make that many jobs. So maybe that wouldn't be the biggest problem. But, um, <laughs> but the land and, you know, the cost, it'll be something to compete against just in terms of resources to build, build there. But the second thing is, if I'm Amazon or worse yet, what if I'm Miller Coors? Yeah. 
Uh, Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson. You know, Johnson Controls. Johnson Controls. I'm, uh, I'm here. I've been here in the community for maybe a century or more, and I've never gotten three billion dollars from this from my own state. Right. Why? Why don't I just say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna sell my brewery to Anheuser Busch. We're gonna yeah. move out all down to Missouri, Where's unless mine? unless you give us three billion dollars to right. keep brewing beer here in Milwaukee. Yep. You know, or or whatever the equivalent would be, six hundred million because it's only you know they only employ a couple thousand people there. Right. Or what if you know uh, Georgia Pacific the does? I mean, the one people who got it right were the Americans for Prosperity who say no. Yeah. And, and yeah, and of course that's the Koch brothers, but they own the uh, you know they own like Georgia Pacific, a huge paper mills in the Green Bay area. What are Kimberly Clark, Oshkosh Truck, all these huge employers in the state? Yeah, none well, of them have ever gotten anything close to three billion dollars well, from the state. Well, huge cities. employers, much less small employers. I mean, what, what if you're what if you're a, a, you know a family business and you never you never asked for much? You know, you you want obviously you, you want a decent road that that will take you know get, will get people to. To your business, you want uh, right. you, you pay your fair share, you pay your workers. What's what's fair about this? I mean, you're if you're, I'm them, like I start knocking on the doors of Iowa and Minnesota and say, well, Wisconsin's too busy giving their money to Chinese company that that yeah. that, that has no track record of delivering at all. Mm-hmm. I've been producing things here for decades or a century, yeah, and 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 I um, I can't. I've been paying the taxes. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to pay more taxes yeah, just so to subsidize this other company. You know, right. why, why don't you guys give me a, half the subsidy? I'll move over to Iowa. There you go. You know, and I think that that that's a real risk. Yeah. This isn't just a hypothetical. I think that that's exactly the kind of thing that's going to happen. It's the Me Tooism. It sounds like a potential issue that could be raised in a campaign for governor. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this idea is that it's going to make him like more electable. But I think what it really shows is that he's very careless with the state's finances, yeah, which is uh, which has been one of his strengths. Back going going back to when he was county executive, he was he was uh, viewed as a good steward of no the, boondoggles, of property taxes, and no boondoggles, right? Like, like the like the train to Madison, which actually was going to create jobs. Yep. Well, and, and we you know we can barely afford the roads. They haven't even for, they still haven't right. figured out how to pay for the road we projects still that we have. That zoo interchange, which Walker used as an issue in 2010 against Tom Barrett. And now, several delays later, it's not going to be completed until sometime in the third or fourth like Walker that. term. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, so. Meanwhile, the Marquette interchange was done four years under budget and sooner than uh, scheduled when uh, Jim Doyle was coming. But Scott, one thing that I do think is right, I mean, we're looking at all this data, like when do we win, when do we lose? One way, though, to beat an incumbent is to. Take his strength and make it his weakness. I think I think that is something that really, really is an opportunity for yeah, us. I, like if, it. if it's used appropriately, make this something they have to answer for. Yeah. Why are we rushing to spend all this money that we clearly don't have? Yeah. Well, I guess, apparently not. Like, or if we do we have, have if we you and I have it. We just haven't paid it in. Ta- we just haven't paid it in taxes yet. It hasn't. Right. Our taxes well, haven't been raised to yeah. pay for it yet. So, or our schools haven't been cut. Not yet. There you go. All <laughs> right. Well, with that, we'll be talking more about, more about Foxcon, and, I yeah, assume, and health the, policy as well. Yeah. I mean, there'll be more to come on healthcare. I don't think it's, I don't think it's dead, but maybe anything that uh, happens going forward is, uh, hopefully something around, uh, 
shoring up the uh, the markets and, uh, and and make the consumer confidence. Hopefully, uh, it does move us. So move us forward. Move us forward. Uh,